series. I said when we started this series that it was going to be a long series, but uh, it's a good series because we should all be interested in how to escape death and live in the life of Jesus Christ. Um, This is, I don't know if you guys are catching on to this, but uh, this is really about living a godly life, living in the kingdom. Living in, in the way that God designed us to live. Escaping the snares of the evil one. Escaping those snares that are trying to capture you and bring you into, into bondage. Jesus Christ, because, because we've been reading this every week, Colossians chapter 1, verse 13, it says that He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness. So there, was, there, is, there is a dominion in the earth of darkness. And Jesus Christ delivered. He set us free and brought us out of that darkness. Right? But the problem is, is that's where we used to live. That used to be your habitation. That used to be where you lived. Right? And I don't know about you, but you go into certain households, certain habitations, and there's certain rules, there's certain ways of doing things, right? If I was to go into your house, I'd, I'd probably find out maybe dinner time or um, the morning ritual or whatever, whatever um, scheduling that happens in your house would be a little different than in my home, right? And you'd be wrong and I'd be right. No, I'm joking. It's the same thing here is that there's, there's, there was a way of living and conducting yourself in the dominion of darkness. And there's a way of seeing the world, conducting yourself, seeing yourself in the world, in the kingdom of God's dear Son. Right? He has trans, he's delivered us from this dominion and he's translate, of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son. So, there's a, there's a way of doing things in the kingdom of God. We have to learn how to operate according to the kingdom of God. Because one leads to life, and the other leads to death. And when I say death, you know, a lot of people start thinking to themselves, well, you know, I'm pretty young, I feel pretty good. Or, you know, they think of physical death. And, and yes, um, the, kingdom, the dominion of darkness ultimately will lead to physical death quicker most times than, than, than not. But it's talking about so much more than that. It's, it's talking about the, the death of a society, the death of our culture, the death of families, the, the death of marriages, the death of finances, the death of your, your mental state. You know, To be filled with depression and not filled with joy, unspeakable. Not be filled with hope. Not to have peace. That's, that's death. And God does not want you to experience death in your life. And as we said before, the, the, the reason why God tells us, I want you to live this way, because if you don't, this, this is what's going to happen to you, is not because He's not saying that if you don't do what I say, I'm going to punish you. He's saying if you do not live the way that I design 
the world to operate, that I designed you to live, then when you act like the devil, you reap the fruit of the devil. You, you, our actions themselves, sin in itself, is the punishment. Not God. God doesn't have to punish us for sin. The wages of sin itself is death. You understand that? He is, we sung this this morning. He is a good, good father. That's who he is. And I tell you what, when, when, you, when you see God as a good, good father, your whole outlook on what he asks, how he asks us to conduct ourselves totally, totally changes. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 6.23 Wages is something that you earn. You, we work hard for death. Sin is a slave master. It makes demands on your life. And then in the end, it doesn't pay you. You pay it with your life. The life of Jesus Christ is a gift. It's given freely to you. It's something that you receive. It's something that you enjoy. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, have you been raised with Christ this morning? This is talking about by faith, when Jesus came out of the tomb, when Jesus resurrected from the tomb, you resurrected with him. Your old grave clothes, your old man was left in the tomb and you came out of the tomb in resurrection power in Christ Jesus in the Spirit. You are now one Spirit with Him. So then, if you have been raised with Christ, it says, seek the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. So if we have been raised with Christ, right? We are now supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God. We're supposed to be seeking those things that are from above. We are supposed to be expecting and pulling down kingdom. We're supposed to be pulling down heaven down into our lives. And when we, when we, when we um, walk in the kingdom of God, when we do the things that kingdom people do, you pull heaven down in your, into your life. But when you act like the devil, you pull hell up into your life. You see that? How, how do we get, you ask yourself, how do we get in this mess? How do I get here? Well, it's, it's, it's decisions, decisions, decisions that continually pulled hell up into to your life. But the good news that in Christ Jesus, all you have to do is repent. What's that mean? To turn around, change your mind. Start doing things God's way and, and watch God restore all things. Amen? Here's a good scripture for you. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, You are of your father the devil. That's good, good news, huh? Jesus was so polite, wasn't he? He was so loving. Just think, he said this in love. You are of your father the devil. And your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, 
he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Wow. You know, one of the, one of the biggest things that I, as, uh, as a homeowner that I've noticed that, that causes issues in a home, it's surprising. You, you know, a lot of people, we do a lot of things to protect against fire. We do, do a lot of things to protect against um, termites and that, that type of stuff. Um, but surprisingly, I find that water is one of the most destructive things that can happen. You get a water problem, you get a leak, or you get flooding, or you get, or just get a constant, uh, you, ever, you ever been on, on cement? You know, cement is hard. If you don't believe me, fall down once. It, it, <laughs> cement's hard. But have you ever noticed that there might be a drip from an eave or something? And it's dripping, and there's a hole wore out in the cement where the dripping is happening. That's amazing. Just, just a small little drip over and over over again. Maybe it only happens so once in a while, but that constant little teeny drip is actually eroding the foundation. That's, that's amazing to think about. That's amazing to think about. You know, lies are like those drops of water. Each one seems harmless enough. It's just a small lie after all. But over time, it ends up eroding the most important foundations in our lives. It erodes the foundation of our marriages. It erodes the foundation of our families, our relationships. And in the time that we are living in right now, you can see lies are eroding the foundations of a nation. I don't think I've ever... I'm pretty young still, but... The amount of lies that are constantly being told, even when truth is in plain sight, and holding on to lies and the narratives is unprecedented in this day and age. And who is the father of lies? We just read it. Satan is the father of lies. When you lie, you speak the language of hell. And we're seeing this all over. God is truth. He never, ever lies. It's impossible. You know, so maybe we should, maybe I'll do a, a, a message on this once. Things that are impossible for God. Because people don't think there's nothing that, that God's almighty. He can do anything. No, He can't. He can't lie. God can't lie. He is absolute truth. So a lie is actually the opposite of God. We need to remove all lying that takes residence in our mind 
and that comes across our lips. You understand that? There's, there's two types of lies. There's the lies that we tell, and then there's the lies that we believe. You might think, I, lies, I don't lie. Well, how about the lies that you believe? And if we say we don't lie, we just lied about lying. See, we need to get these lies out of our mind. We've got we to gotta control our tongue to speak only truth if we're going to go from death to life and experience God's best for our lives. Lying is, is either telling what is untrue or not telling all that is true. This is the reason why when a person's put under oath, they, they, they're placed under oath the, and, and they swear in court to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Lying is demonic. God creates truth and Satan counterfeits it with lies. In Titus 1, chapter 1 through 2, it says, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Christ, or Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. So he's talking about the gospel. He's talking about God. He's talking about Jesus. And he's saying that it's tr the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who what? Never lies promised before the ages began. In the kingdom of God, there is only truth. There is only truth because God never lies. Liars aren't allowed in heaven. Why? Because there's only truth in heaven. There's only truth in heaven. There are many languages on earth. Right? There's many, many different languages on earth. Some people are bilingual. They can speak different languages. I have hard enough time speaking the English language. But, <laughs> I try. There's also a language in heaven. The Bible calls it the tongue of angels. The tongue of angels. The language of hell is lying. The language of hell is lying. Satan is the father of lies. Satan is the one that brought lies into the earth. When we lie, we are speaking for the devil and if we, even if we think we're serving the Lord. There is no good lie. There is no good lie. Any type of lie is the language of Satan. Lying is the native language of Satan and demons. When we lie, we enter into the dominion of darkness where it is impossible to escape without being harmed. It's impossible to escape a lie without being harmed. That's why so many people cover up lies with what? More lies. Here's the way that we lie. Flattery. 
See, lies are a lot different than just not telling the truth. This is the language of hell. Don't you think it might be a little complex how he interweaves himself into how we conduct ourselves? People use flattery to get what they want. Some of you are married today because someone used flattery on you. (laughs) When you're single, right? You use flattery to get a date or find a mate. Employees use flattery to land a raise or get a promotion. Just know this, sucking up, kissing up, and brown nosing aren't spiritual gifts. They're not spiritual gifts. They're actually manipulation. Psalms 12, verse 2 says, Everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. You can use flattery to yield some desired results in your life. Right? People use flattery all the time. Go try buying a car. You'll never realize how good you look, how much you deserve, until you sit down in that new leather upholstered vehicle. They use flattery all over you. I remember when I was younger, me and my mom went to a car, car dealership. I was looking around at cars, and the dealership the dealer came out and tried to act like my mom was my girlfriend. That's, the, that's flattery. Right? They're trained in that. They're trained in man, manipulation. They're trained in deceit. Flattery is a double heart. You're saying one thing, but your motive is completely different. Flattery is a double tongue. It's saying one thing, but really means another. It is insincere. It's insincere and it's excessive praise intended to manipulate another individual. Kids do it to their parents to get what they want. Yeah. It's amazing how around Christmas time, all of a sudden, you're the best parents ever. (laughs) Around their birthdays. That type of stuff. And what we need to do as, as believers is we need to distinguish between sinful flattery and the gift of encouragement. The gift of encouragement. The difference between encouragement and flattery is the motive of the heart. Encouragement is godly. And it's intended to build a person up and benefit them. Demonic flattery is intended to butter the person up and benefit you. Deception. Deception is when you twist what, the, what was truth into a weapon for harm. When you try to deceive someone. When we... When, when we, young people, 
When you're cheating in school, you're deceiving. Half-truths on a resume is deception. Falsifying reports, deliberately misbilling a customer, this is all deception. It's intended to manipulate. It's intended to benefit you. It's, to be, it's intended to make you look better than you actually are. We live in a culture where deception is everywhere. Our culture is filled with the language of hell. The media has an agenda. And what does the media do? They twist their stories to fulfill it. Regardless of the facts. You can literally watch a video that's happening right now. And they will tell you, you can't believe what you see with your own eyes. What you see is happening is actually not what's happening. Here's what you need to believe. It's amazing. And when the truth comes out, they only seek to suppress the truth. Why? Because you can't escape a lie without being harmed. So they continue to promote their deception. Politicians will, will skew, skew anything Praise the Lord. Everything regarding their opponent's negativity. A politician will take their opponent and everything that the opponent says, does, believes, they'll skew it to be negative. Everything's negative. They will nitpick over the meanings of words. <laughs> they'll nitpick over the, the, uh, the meanings of, of words. They'll twist the truth for the purpose of deception. See, when we construct stories in such a way that they, they omit what makes other, others look good and emphasize what makes others look bad, that's deception. Social media is a breeding ground for deception. It's filled with fibs, half-truths, and straight-out lies. Deception is demonic. Satan used deception in Genesis chapter 3. God created Adam and Eve and spoke truth to them, and Satan came and lied to them through deception. Slander. In Leviticus 19.16, it says, You shall not go around and slander as a slanderer among your people. Case builders collect information. There are those that collect information to build their case against their enemies. They're much like those that gathered stones to throw in, the, in Jesus' day. In today's world, we have an opportunity to slander people more immediately and effective than any other time in human history. And what we need to understand is that before we post, before we blog, before we share, 
we need to remember the words of Jesus. He said, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. Even if you are communicating factual truths, the truth, it, the truth really comes down to your motives. Are your motives ungodly? Are they for the purpose of bringing harm to your neighbor rather, rather than bringing glory to God and good for your neighbor? Think about this. What a world we would live in if we just were truthful and had the motives of love our neighbor. You are, if you are trying to slander someone and bring harm to another individual, you are operating in the de demonic language of Satan. Condemnation. Many, many Christians don't see what condemnation. How is that a lie? And they don't realize that condemnation is a lie. Condemnation is demonic and comes to keep you from keep you from moving forward in the truth. Condemnation is designed to keep you from living in the truth, operating the truth. Condemnation occurs when sin or shame from our past is brought up to make us feel bad all over again. Even though the issue is in the past, we feel the weight of it all over again. We know that Jesus forgave us and it is removed as far as the east is from the west, but, it, but then when it comes back to haunt us in the present. And if you believe a lie, it will keep you in bondage. The goal is to keep a person stuck, repeating a cycle of reliving the past and remaining stuck and not able to move forward in the future that God has for them in Christ Jesus. Why is condemnation a lie? Because in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says there is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You have to be aware when condemnation comes into your life and tries to paralyze you, tries to keep you from moving forward, tries to keep you from praying or being intimate with God or uh, moving forward in the destiny that God is calling you to. You've got to remember that that's a lie. And it's a lie because Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus, all condemnation, there is no condemnation, and all of our wrongdoing has been removed from us, and we have been cleansed and made righteous in the truth. Amen? Negative narrative. Welcome to social media again. It seems... Like the entire world has become a glass, half-empty world. Everything is negative. We live, we live in one of in, in the greatest moments in history. There is less hunger in the world today. There is less poverty in the world today. There is. People are living longer in the world today. People are do not have to work. They're not, they're not working as hard as they did in years past. Physical labor has been greatly reduced. We 
have more entertainment and more time for entertainment and enjoyment than any other generation ever that existed on the face of the planet. But we're more negative and have less hope than ever before. Everything is framed in a negative narrative. Sometimes the narrative is downright bitter and nasty, but more often it's just false. It's false. And, you, and the problem is, is that Christians are just feeding into it. They're feeding into it. This doesn't, the Word of God doesn't give us an opportunity to have a, have a negative outlook on the future. The worst thing that could happen to us is for us to go to heaven. Jesus is coming back for a victorious church. While the church waits for the world to go to hell in a handbasket, Romans tells us the earth groans for the revealing of the sons of God. Which one are you? Are you believing for the revealing of the glory of God in the earth through the sons of God, the body of Christ? Or are you the ones that are saying, man, oh man, it's getting darker and darker out there. We even say goofy things like, it's getting darker and darker out there, but the church is going to get brighter and brighter. You can't have both. It's either got darkness or light. You bring light into any darkness, darkness flees. You can't have both. We as Christians, we as believers, we have a great hope in Christ Jesus, and we do not have room, nor does the Word allow us to entertain a negative narrative, a negative narrative on life. Today we can access negative narratives so easily. It's so easy to get connected to these ne negative, negative um, narratives. This, this tactic of Satan is nothing new. Look at how the dominion of darkness used it against Jesus. In John chapter 8, verse 41, they not only called Jesus a liar, but they also extended the negative narrative to discredit his mother, saying she was sex a sexually sinful woman and a liar like her son. In Mark chapter 3, verse 22, when Jesus cast out demons, the, the negative narrative was he was possessed by Beelzebub and the prince of demons, as he cast out demons. This is the same thing. Anytime something good starts happening, they find a negative narrative, a spin to put on it. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 19, it says, when Jesus hung out with people, the negative narrative reported of him was he was a glutton, a drunkard, and a friend of tax collectors and sinners. I mean, the truth of the matter is, if, if this was all done today and posted on social media, this is the narrative that most, that most would have wrongly believed. Jesus' mother was a lying con artist who raised a demon-possessed alcoholic son pretending to be spiritual as, a, as part of a great demonic de uh, deception. This is what they were saying at, Je at Jesus' time. This, this negative narrative is, is, is a plan from, from the pit of hell 
and it's used constantly by Satan and his demons. And when we fall into this negative narrative mindset, and when we start speaking this way, we are not speaking the kingdom, we are speaking the dominion of darkness. See, things have not changed. Today, today demons encourage people to do the same things that were done to Jesus. Negative narratives are just a demonic form of lying. Gossip. This is perhaps the most common form of lying and false witnessing. There's probably nothing more common than gossip. In this day and age, we call it clickbait. We call it clickbait. Most of the time that people spend on social media is so that they can peer into the lives of other people and pass judgment on them. Think about that. Most of the time that we spend on social media is looking into other people's lives and casting judgment on them. Large part of people's days is spent doing nothing more than engaging in the sin of being a gossip and a busybody. Paul writes to Timothy in the, in the following. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 13. It says, besides that, they learn to be idlers. What's an idler? It's a lazy person. They learn to be lazy. Going about from house to house, from social media site to social media site, from click to click. And not only idlers, lazy, but also gossipers and busybodies, saying that they, saying what they should not. So I would have the younger widows marry, bear children, Manage your household and give the adversary no occasion for slander. For some have already strayed after Satan. Wow. Gossiping, busybody, um, slandering. It's, it, it's a form, it, it can make you stray after the dominion of darkness. It makes you stray after Satan. What he's talking about here, have children, right? Manage their households. All of those things. What he's saying is, get a life. Stop being so interested in everybody else's life and get your own life. Be so occupied with what God has for you that you don't have time to judge others. I'm too busy. I'm too busy to waste time on what's going on in other people's lives. God's doing something in my life. That's what he's saying. Gossip is telling, telling news that's not ours to tell. It's talking about people rather than talking to people. Sometimes a, a gossip says things that aren't true, but more often they just say things that they shouldn't say. Telling people about somebody else's business is no way to love your neighbor. See, murder kills the body, but gossip kills a person's reputation. Just because someone is famous does not mean that you need to know where they live what they eat, what their kids look like. That's creepy. That's actually stalking. It's eavesdropping. It's being a busybody. It's unspiritual. I want you to think about who you need to stop following on social media. 
even if the information is true, what, what is your, what's the motive? What's the motive of hearing? What's the motive of reading it? You need to really, we, need, we, need, we all need to really ask ourselves, do we like peering into others' lives so that we can pass judgment on them? We want to be like God. Think about that. Social media, social media, we get to see everybody. And then we can sit on the throne of God and pass judgment. Who's right, who's wrong in the earth. See, if you're born again, the Spirit of God lives in you. And if you're born again and the Spirit of God lives in you, then you have to agree that we're all guilty of lying. And if we know lying is wrong, why do we do it? Why do you do it? Here's a few reasons. We lie to avoid negative consequences. We lie to avoid negative consequences. But the problem is, is that they just produce, all it does is kick the can down the road. We lie to create or protect an illusion of who we are. So not only do we lie to people to protect an illusion of who we are, we're lying to ourselves about who we are. And if we lie about, our, about who we are to ourselves, we'll never change who we are. We lie to get what we want. We lie to remain in control of a situation until the lies build and build and the house of cards come down and you're out of complete control. We lie to punish others. We lie about someone else to escape to be accepted by others who despise them. In short, we lie because we want to be like God. Which was the very first lie Satan ever told humanity. We want to establish our own standard of truth. We want to control our lives. And we want to control its outcomes. You understand, lying is you trying to control the outcome of a situation. We want to look good. We want to judge and sentence others. Our souls are saturated with this. And this is the reason why we can't stop lying. We lie to our neighbors. We lie to ourselves. We lie to God. Especially as a pastor, I, I feel like I'm lied to a lot. People have to constantly say the spiritual things. They have to constantly tell me what they think I want to hear. And if we lie to each other in the body of Christ, how can we build up, edify, pray for one another? So many people, we see, when you see it in the church, all of a sudden the marriage just implodes. Some sin is revealed. 
because we've been lied to. We believe the lie. And the house of cards falls down and it leaves devastation. We need a new heart. A new heart that comes through Jesus and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit if we are are ever to escape the power and the consequences of our past, present, and future lives. Couples especially need to guard against lies. The first lie ever told to humans was when Satan lied to a married couple. Do people think that life, I'm going to get married and have kids and life is going to be great? No, Satan doesn't show up until you get married. As soon as there was a marriage, Satan showed up. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Hey, you're lying. (laughs) But... uh, Because he's trying to destroy what God has established. This is why couples need to remain vigilant regarding this tactic of the enemy. Couples should be able to speak truth to one another that they are unable to speak to anyone else. That needs to be the safest place on the planet is between a husband and a wife. A place where they where you will not slander them. You will not use it to deceive them. You will not use it to punish them. But you will use it to edify, build up, and encourage them. The devil and demons are highly skilled at getting us to believe that telling a lie will make things better. They convince us that telling another lie will make up for the failure of the first lie. And that's just lying about the lying. Have you ever been there? At least when you were a kid, the lies just kept on going. And pretty soon, as the questions keep going, you run out of lies. So you just say, I don't know. We we do this all the time. And what you have to understand is that this is the language of the devil. This does not lead to life. It leads to death. Some people lie so much that they lose sight of the reality of truth. And I met these people. where You you can see... See what's happening in their life. And you know that that fruit doesn't get produced unless you sow to it. Unless you're living a certain way, that produces that fruit. That's one of the reasons I think God gave the gift of the Word of Knowledge. It's because He knew how much we'd be lied to. Hell is where lies and liars go. 
Good news, you're not a liar. You've been redeemed from lying. You are the righteousness of God and you dwell in the spirit of truth. Hell is where lies and liars go. There is no lying in heaven. When we choose to lie, we pull death down into our lives. When we choose the truth, we invite heaven down into our lives. And in the process, by pushing back lies, we push hell out of our lives. Back to where it belongs. See, sometimes I feel that like a message like this, we don't grab the weight of this. We don't realize how much that little drip, drip, it's just a little lie. It's just a little half-truth. It's just, it's, it's... So what if I don't really tell them what, how I really feel about this situation when they ask? You, you create a, a completely counterfeit life. You, compl- you, you, you create a completely counterfeit narrative. You have, we have to get to a place as believers that we see that all of this that we just went through, any type of lie is of the devil. And Christians, you don't want to be of the devil, do you? No. When, we, when, when you're tempted to lie, you have to see yourself, if you have to, with a horns, pitchfork, and a little tail, even though that's not what Satan looks like. You look like a devil. Because you're, you're sure talking like one. Satan is the father of lies. We are not to be acting like his children. We are to be children of the truth. Amen? You know, here's what Jesus said. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 37, Jesus plainly and simply says, but let your yes be your yes and your no be your no. Now listen to this. For whatever is more than these, is from the evil one. As soon as you get off the plain and simple truth, you are now cooperating with the dominion of darkness. And when we cooperate with the dominion of the darkness, we allow him to rob, to kill, and destroy in our life. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.